Hello, Internet. This is Neil recording a brief intro before we get to what we actually recorded. Because what we recorded, we always record a bit in advance. Um, I try really hard um, in the creation of this podcast to keep away from political topics. And uh, as a result, I doubt that we're, we're not going to talk much about... Uh, a lot of what has happened recent, in uh, recent events in America um, during this episode or during future episodes. Um, that's not what we're about. We are, we are primarily about entertainment. I know I rail on a bit, of, a bit about the pandemic, but I don't know. Um, as a person as a as a white man I feel like I am not in uh, any real sort of position to talk with authority or to even pretend to authority on this subject of uh, the recent uh, of further recent uh, issues and outbreaks of uh, police brutality to people of color I will make this following statement, it's wrong. And the murder of uh, Mr. Floyd was a murder. I, there, I don't feel like there should be any reservation in making that statement. Speaking for myself, I cannot speak for the opinions of my co-hosts, though I would hope that they think the same. That's pretty much all that we're going to have to say on this matter. Um, but I felt it would be irresponsible to simply say nothing at the same time. There are people who can speak with much greater authority and uh, much more clearly on this matter than me. And I do encourage you to look into that into uh, information in that regard. That's all, like I said, we have to say in this matter. Now on with the actual show. All right. We ready to do this, everybody? Go. Ready player two. Insert coin. Internet and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And yes, we're still recording remotely. I'm, we're probably going to keep doing that, like probably the rest of the year at this point. TBD. No, yeah. No offense to uh, to my wonderful co-hosts, but and much as I would love to see your actual faces in person, um, I. Uh, there, there's a pandemic on, um, and until there's either a, a, an effective treatment or an effective vaccine, I am personally being reclusive um, because I don't want to die, and I also don't want to contribute to someone else's death because I probably won't die, but I care about other people. By the way, that's why you wear a mask. It's not to keep you from getting sick, everybody. It's to keep you from being sick and not realizing it, 
aka being called what being what's called an asymptomatic carrier and breathing on someone and making them sick i think that's pretty common knowledge at this point i had to i i had to actually have it out with someone who i respected uh a fair bit um on facebook the other day because they were like because they didn't grasp that basic concept they're like well the mask doesn't help me it's not about you it's about other people <sighs> sorry that that i'll climb down off my soapbox but that was a that was an actual point of anger and frustration for me the other day so um anyhow let's get on to co- topics that are that are fun and, and uh, that are fun to talk about um signal boosts what we got folks i've got something um that's fresh on my brain i just tried this game called transistor which i'm apparently very late to the party on it came oh, out yeah transistor's great <clears throat> yeah it's super good um well wasn't really trying to be punny but there it is anything by super giant games who are were best known for bastion up to that point i, I believe which i've mm-hmm. heard really good things about but haven't gotten around to playing and uh it's just I've, I'm not that far into it yet, but it's it's really awesome. The first thing that stood out is just the art is just gorgeous. It's like practically all hand-drawn stuff, and it just looks so good. And, and the music's supposed to be really yeah, freaking great, too. too. And like, uh, it's just like, it's interesting. It's like this, uh, this neo-noir thing going on with like the look and feel of the world. And uh, information is kind of revealed to you as you play. And they, they do a really smart thing where um it's kind of it's like an action slash tactical rpg where you can kind of do like the space like uh input your commands and then unspace like the Baldur's gate games of yore and such um but it's it's got a little more of an action feel because you can also i mean you can also do it real time and you actually move around the world it's not just click click necessarily but anyway they use really clever thing where your abilities are functions um, and it's like a function is like a computer program type thing. And you basically, it's kind of, it's macabre. You get them off of, well, with the exception of your own protagonist, you get them off dead people. It's kind of like their soul or conscious or something. And so like that person Ooh. is a function. And as you experiment with the various functions, like you, you, you select certain functions to have active or you'll take one that's not active and put it on an upgrade slot to like cause another effect on one that is active, like adding AOE to something or whatever the case may be. Uh, you learn more about the individual whose function it is. Like you learn more of their backstory and how it fits in the world and stuff. So it encourages you in a mechanical perspective to learn more about the, the lore and the mystery of the game. So it's really it's really well written, and it's one of those things where it um, it doesn't hold your hand to just trust the audience to be intelligent, which is always something I appreciate. And uh, it's it's fairly straightforward gameplay, but there's enough variety with the different stuff, the different functions, and how they combine and everything that um, it can be more advanced. It's like easy to learn, tougher to master kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't have like a traditional tutorial where it's just like, oh hey, we're gonna teach you how to do all the things. Click this, press this. It's just <laughs> It just throws you right into the chaos of it, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. But it's really well designed where you learn that stuff as part of the game, so it doesn't feel like you know uh, clunky or boring. Or that's my pitch. Um, it's on Steam. Um, that may be on other uh, platforms. It's I'm, I'm on sure. many, many platforms. I'm on I'm on Super Giant's uh, web page right now. 
I've not actually played the game. I've only watched it play, but it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, I could totally get down for that. It's really it's good. On, <laughs> it's on Steam, it's on Switch, it's on PlayStation, and it's on Apple. There you go. And I checked, and it has a overall uh, rating of 94% positive on Steam. So Yeah, and pretty much anyone who, like, Supergiant Games doesn't really make bad games, and they always make very interesting games from a world perspective and an art perspective and a music and a music perspective. I really, really liked uh, Bastion a lot. Um, and just just because I, I want to throw this two cents in because it's not a visual medium, but you can picture this a little bit. Transistor's art style reminds me of a mix between Art Deco and Art New and Art Nouveau. So if that a, if that helps you any. <laughs> This game specifically, and uh, probably anything from the developer Supergiant Games, are great examples of whenever someone is like either saying games aren't art, or they're skeptical of the statement that games are art, just point them to those games. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that it's art. <laughs> and this is apparently the culmination of a lot of stuff they learned from their other you know, games that yeah. came before it. So Transistor no was, their, was their second game, Bastion was their first, and... Then they made Pyre, and then they made Hades, and I actually don't, I've had, I hadn't heard about Hades, but it's apparently only just now in, in uh, early access, and all of them are really, really interesting games. So yeah, that's, that's my thing. So uh, this week, one of the things, or I don't know if I'd mentioned before, if I had been doing it yet, that I was um, actually starting to play Fallout 76. You did um, mention that last week. Okay. Not saying and, that you yeah, can't keep talking about it, but last episode at any rate. Last time. Yeah, I've forgotten. But um, also, a uh, thing I've been doing, I ran across a YouTube channel called Dingo Doodles. Uh, it's from a young artist. She talks, you know, she does. Basically, she uses it as a storytelling medium, both visual and uh, audible. Um, and so she's been doing it for a little while. Um, and you can see her, um, you can see her storytelling. Uh, process evolved through each one. She has a bunch of D and D stories, um, you know, on there. So that's the ones that those are the ones that got me in there. <laughs> you know, got me uh, got me uh, caught up in it. And let's see, that's most of what I've been, uh, or, you know, most most of the new stuff I've been across. I uh, so for what I've been, yeah. Um, what I so what I've been wanting to bring up here is actually kind of older stuff. Um. I uh, was reminded of how great Drunk History was recently. <laughs> well, actually is, because they still, they're still making it. Because I randomly ran across um, Brandon Urey of Panic! at the Disco getting drunk and then reminiscing the history of Fallout Boy, um, which led me just sort of down the rabbit hole of, oh yeah, Drunk History is a thing. Also, it's just really hilarious having, you know, Panic! at the Disco's you know, talking about Fallout Boy because they people often compare the two hilariously. Um, <laughs> aside from that, uh, there was something else I was going to say. What was it? Um, oh, yeah. Um, I picked up uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, on Steam for like 40 bucks. And, you know, they really were just very solid shooters. And the multiplayer is still fun, too. <clears throat> Which of those games had you played before? Um, so I had played um, 
I played through the original Halo. I'd never played. I have not. I have still yet not played Halo Two. I haven't. I'm. I started to decide to replay through them um, in release order, and so I've been replaying through through Halo One um, at the moment. Uh, when I was in college, one of my roommates had a 360 and had Halo Three and Reach, so I've played those before on console. But you know what I'm playing them on right now? The kind of a, a machine that's actually built to play first-person shooters. Of course, Halo was <clears throat> ironically uh, designed for a console initially, but initially, initially, it was designed for a Macintosh. That's the weirdest thing of this story. <laughs> Halo was originally going to be an Apple thing, and then it wound up being the flagship launch title for uh, Microsoft's newfangled console, yep. Xbox. So it went from so so it uh, went over to a to a rabid competitor too, which is uh, pretty great. Also, a brief retraction uh, in one or two episodes past, I said that uh, Babylon Five was available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Apparently, it is not. I am sorry. Sad face. It's not it's no longer. Or at least it no longer in my country. Try using a VPN and 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 uh, I don't know. Try I don't know Uruguay. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I keep meaning to get a VPN so that I could watch uh, British Netflix because apparently they have the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that you know, I could also watch BBC, but um, well, there's that. Uh, I suppose we should probably uh, get to it. Spoiler of the week: This game is probably going to suck. Um, yep. We haven't actually really explained what we're talking about to, uh, today, so here we go. Um, way back in Season 1, um, in either Episode 12 or Episode 13, it's hard to say because I actually released them as a double episode, so the RSS feed's kind of broken. I need to fi- I need to go back and fix that one of these years. Um, we talked about uh, movie adaptations from video games and from books. Well, today, we're going to turn that on its head. We're going to talk about video game adaptations from movies. Or, as they're more commonly referred to in the biz, movie tie-in games. Yeah, hence those obligatory why, releases. Yeah, hence why these games are probably... The, the game is probably going to suck. Um, before, However, because before I forget it, there is one book tie-in game that I can think of. And it also sucked, and that was actually Dante's Inferno was a was an entirely mediocre game. I wasn't thinking about that. Okay. So there are two book uh, video games that I can think of. Dante's Inferno was just a was just a run of the mill um, God of War clone. It was right. Eh. Um, But no, I was thinking of on the Super Nintendo, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Because at the time. Pete hadn't made the movies yet. Hadn't glued feet to Elijah Wood's feet, to, uh, glued hair to Elijah Wood's uh, feet yet. Um, <laughs> glued feet, feet to Elijah to Wood's hair. hair. That's right. That's, that's nightmare fuel right there. <laughs> um, and man, did that game just totally suck. What was the gameplay like? So, it. Um, it was kind of similar to The Legend of Zelda in that you went into a bunch of caves and solved puzzles. Um, the game pretty much, uh, like, you barely got out of the Shire. 
um, in the game. Uh, there were like eight cave dungeons you had to do, and the real problem with it was um, everything. Like, the, the puzzle design was bad, it was highly unintuitive, and the combat was atrocious. Um, and pretty much you only ever, like, fought wolves and crap, and, like, it... Also, you were constantly being followed around by Sam, and then later Merry and Pippin, too. So it was a weird sort of, like, also you had a party, and it was bad. <laughs> it sounds like uh, somebody took Lord of the Rings, and then it's like, hey, you know all that cool stuff about Lord of the Rings? Let's try it without that. It's like, <laughs> who needs all this cool, all these cool, like, Urukai and cave trolls and dragons? And yeah. Let's just take all that shit out of there and see how it works. <laughs> right. It's a horrible idea. Lord of the Rings oh, Volume yeah. 1 Fellowship of the Ring, I think it, it, it was what it was called, apparently. What's funny is that they were planning on doing a whole thing of it. and then. It oh, was... and yeah, that did not... <laughs> that, that uh, No. It's always funny whenever there's a game that has like an obvious, like, hey, this is going to be a series of games title, and then it just doesn't happen because the game was such a failure. Like Sin, right. like, uh, Sin Episodes Volume 1 on the Source Engine, and then there was never a Volume 2. <laughs> what, what, what was that again? I'm sorry? It was Sin Episodes Volume 1. Uh, that came out around when Half-Life 2 did. That was on the Source Engine. And mm -hmm. there was a game that was actually really popular called Sin several years back. And then they were trying yeah. to like, revamp it. And they just they did not make Fetch happen. <laughs> One. Oh, that is too, hold on. That's too perfect of a segue, so I have to take it. There is apparently a Mean Girls video game. Were you guys aware of this? No. Oh, my. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And get this. It, it came out so so late that Lindsay Lohan was a fucking dumpster fire by that point. So they didn't even put her face on the title, either that <laughs> or the money she wanted for her likeness was through the roof or both take your pick. <laughs> but yeah, mean girls came out in like 2000 it was 2004, I believe. And then this game came out in like 2010. It was like six years or something. And it's just like, it's like a shitty version of puzzle quest. And like you do these little, uh, like, puzzle things and you like solve little puzzles and that like makes your put downs better or something it's oh my god it's so dumb i'm i i'm sad I to know that, that it on exists it hurts my yeah, i didn't even i didn't oh, even see that on the list you're uh reminding me of uh the existence of the hannah montana guitar hero clone Oh gosh, is this the same? I, I have this on my list too. It may well, I don't know. Actually, I think this may be a different shitty Hannah Montana tie-in, <laughs> which this is this is kind of murky territory because it was mainly a TV show, but they did make a movie about the TV show, so I guess it counts. So now yeah. we're talking about a shitty video game about a shitty movie about a shitty TV show. This is shitception. <laughs> well, right. it it was a, it was a tie-in game. That that's that's what I'm like. Theoretically, we're going to focus mostly on movies, but we can get these sort of weird one-offs out of the way, like books and yeah. television shows and epic poetry. Um, oh yeah, I'm also reminded of one other thing, real briefly. Um, it's a sad, it's a sad thing to mention, but the Lord of the Rings SNES game, made by Interplay Interactive. Oh wow, a blight upon their record. Indeed. So, Neil, the game you're referring to, is that Hannah Montana, the movie, the game? I don't think so. Because yeah. that's also a thing. <laughs> it's like a shitty karaoke revolution game, but then between doing the karaoke, <clears throat> you have to, like, do these stupid little, like, click, like, find and click or object, well, whatever that oh. is. Oh, jeez. Like, get the oh, thing, go to the concert. Yeah, it's, it's like, 
Ooh, boy. It's like a crappy right. karaoke game that has a shittier game that you have to plod through in order to get to the crappy game. <laughs> you got to bust your ass to get to this crap, to the mediocre stuff. <laughs> yep. No, what I'm referring to was actually... Um, oh, jeez. I'm going to have to Google search for this, aren't I? I mean, I think we got the gist. It, yeah, is it a was a shitty Guitar Hero clone that is branded mm-hmm. with Hannah Montana. There's not really much else to say. Yeah, it, only, it had three buttons, and it didn't actually matter when you hit any of them. Um, and it was a, and it was a television plug and play game, which is its own, um, right. Which is its own, uh, yeah, well, I was going to say it, it it is its own separate genre of shit games. Yeah. I was going to say, cause, um, I know I said it didn't matter what platform, but I think I got to draw the line somewhere. (laughs) It has to be on an actual console or computer, not its own little, like, Hey, it's a self-contained game. Right. Otherwise, we'd have like uh, Captain Power and the Warriors of the Future. <laughs> so. I remember Captain Power and the Warriors of the Future, it made by Jay Michael Straczynski. Everybody. <laughs> no idea what you're talking game. about. Oh God! So there was a video game slash TV show, uh, and you could with actually toys, play along at home with toys that yeah that you could play along and interact with on the screen. <laughs> So was it a show that became a game? Uh, so it was a show was a that show. was designed to d- designed to interact with the with the action figures and toys. So um, it's really just a show yeah, was... that had action figures and then they, they pretended to be a game. Well, yep. kind of. It, it's it's it was it it was an interesting thing. Um, <laughs> All right. And the show itself interacted with the toys like they they would. Um, um, we should just have a gimmick game episode, and then we can talk about it. Then, how about that? Yeah, the the screen would flash, and it would do th- it would it would interact with photo sensors on the action figures. But yeah, I think you're right. We can uh, we can shelve this for another episode at some point. Yeah. Um, a gimmick game is most definitely an episode. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's worth uh, talking about, and d- despite the fact that that. Yeah, we're gonna bag on a bunch of bad games. Um, mm-hmm. There should we should mention, you know, good movie tie-in games too, because folks, those things actually do exist. Um, Law of averages. When there's that many of them, some of them are gonna be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone's gonna hire a decent writer. I my my the 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 game that I always that I go to is Batman for the NES uh, by Sunsoft. Um, really really solidly good Batman game that ostensibly follows the, uh, the, 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 uh, um, the, the plot of the movie. Well, I don't remember him jumping quite through quite so many, jumping around through quite so many electrified sewers. Um, it's an action platformer basically, right? Yeah, it was a, it's a really solidly good action platformer with its main sort of gimmick being wall jumps. You can look, you can jump off of any wall. Uh, that that you that doesn't hurt you, um, and there are a lot of walls that hurt you. Um, so there's a lot of it, it has a lot of verticality to it, and yeah, it was just it was just really solid. And that and the Joker cheated because like his if he shot you, you died. Oh yeah, there's also um, Batman <laughs> Returns was a beat 'em up on Super Nintendo that was actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. There's some really awesome Batman games that have come out more recently, but those aren't related to a movie. Those are just their own. Thing. And the uh, the Arkham yeah, games Arkham are games, all worth yeah. just saying. Hey, by the way, if you ever really wanted to know what it's like to be, be Batman, Batman, right? Uh, <laughs> the Arkham games are a good way to to experience that. 
Kind of oh, like the PS4 Spider-Man game. Yeah, I was going to say Spider-Man. Um, <clears throat> now that one, that's, that one's just kind of a, that's its own thing, right? It's not like tied to a specific movie. No, yeah, it is It is its own thing. Uh, but Spider-Man 2, um, which was pretty much universally considered to be one of the best Spider-Man games, like one of the best superhero games of all time, for a long time. That was that was essentially considered the best Spider-Man game until the new PS4 era Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, PS4 era Spider-Man came out. And one of the better just games of all time too. Um, because they actually nailed web-slinging. Like no yeah. one had really got it before then. Mm-hmm. And it was a movie tie-in game. It was a tie-in game for Spider-Man too. Also, Bruce Campbell was the narrator, so what's not to love? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, anything with the Raimi. <laughs> Although I must say, sadly, there was a shitty Evil Dead game on here on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead Hail to the King was a very generic, silly yeah. action game. Um, I'm, I'm also going to, to briefly mention that I think there should be an episode based off of uh, Shrek video games. Which I'm not saying you should play a bunch of Shrek video games. I am saying, however, there are many many Shrek video games and we could definitely watch YouTube videos of people playing them and uh, and get a very good idea about the, their quality of many of them. <laughs> I, I actually own that. Shrek Treasure Hunt for the PlayStation. I should point out that the only reason I own it is because um, I bought my PlayStation used from a friend um, and I got every game that he owned with it, which included a copy of Shrek Treasure Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, if you're listening to this to this podcast, I'm sorry, but Shrek Treasure Hunt wasn't a good game, and you probably remember, and you probably are aware of that at this point. Right. Well, that could be its own episode, but we should definitely mention GoldenEye 007. It's one of the yeah, I was gonna say, one of the awesomest games really ever, and was actually directly related to the movie. It actually followed the plot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it, and I mean, I we uh, I got a copy. My my all my N64 games are at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, but from time to time, uh, back when, you know, I visited my parents more often because I'm a bad son, um, <laughs> me and my sibs would, we would sometimes sit down and play Goldeneye because right. it's just still that good. Yeah. Apparently the multiplayer version was just kind of tacked on at the end as an experiment. And that became one of the most, <clears throat> one of the things that was most known for because, you know, this was before the era of online console gaming yep. and you know it was uh, pretty much just all local split screen of course they they did the whole system connect thing later on but that tended to be more of a ps2 mm-hmm. xbox era kind of thing yep i always thought it was funny the fake names that they'd have for the guns which i don't know <laughs> if it, like if it was a if it was a licensing thing or if nintendo was just being nintendo but like Instead of an AK-47, it's a KF-7 Soviet. <laughs> As I understand, it's primarily a licensing thing. Yeah. If you're going to call a gun a Kalashnikov AK-47, then you have to you then you have to license its existence. It, you have to license the name from Kalashnikov arms. But what about hmm. uh, like in Counter Strike and stuff? They use all the real gun names. Then they probably licensed them. Either that, because remember, this uh, the original one came out in '97, right? Um, and they may not have, you know, they may not have had the, um, you know, they may not have had the, the ubiquitous nature of it at the time. It is either a, a lot of things. Well, it, 
<clears throat> either yeah either they didn't have those things ready to go or they just didn't well i don't know i would say they didn't know if it was going to be that successful but apparently they 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 uh they were very confident in the game because they took all this time to do it right and the game didn't actually release until just under two years after the movie did which is a weird because usually with most of these movie tie-in games the game will come out like like a week before the movie even does like the the game will come right. out like right after or right or or simultaneously or right before the movie was the game will release. so this that's was actually, an unusual mm-hmm. case yeah that's actually another way you can tell that a movie tie-in game is going to be good when it's not released within you know two weeks of the game of the movie right yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, with that, so <clears throat> yeah, Goldeneye is like the gold standard. I see what yeah. I did there. Uh, yeah, for you know, for video game ties, it it matched the plot. Because I mean, there's there's like one of my favorite ones to hate is uh, Fifth Element video game. It's just like it has nothing to do with the actual game. That is a blind spot in my gaming in my gaming radar. So please elaborate. Um, God, it's been so long. I and I never owned it. I watched somebody play it, and I was just like, uh, uh. um, it just it had nothing to do with the plot, and I was at a total loss. It's PlayStation to, One, right? I think so. Oh That's yeah, no, I have in fact watched. I have in fact uh, seen people playing this game. Forgot that was a thing. And evidently, you can download it now. Um, so. Yeah, don't it? It I <laughs> the thing I here's the here's the big important great thing about the fifth fifth element game. Mm-hmm. It was on the PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. It had one disc and had full motion video. Ah, the old FMV. <laughs> yeah, so you alternate between Lilu and Corbin. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was just oh. It was, <laughs> I mean, it, its best rating was like a 5 out of 10 from IG. <laughs> you know, another thing that's kind of <clears throat> funny is um, there's a video game of Tomorrow Never Dies, which was the Bond movie after GoldenEye, which was apparently just a terrible game. And they decided to go third person with it, and it looked like crap, and it didn't look like it played much better. It's just s- s- such a weird choice after such a popular game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Oh, as far as games that have they're nothing like the movie, uh, this is just so arbitrary. There's a Austin Powers pinball game because when I think Austin Powers, I think pinball. Yeah, at the same well, time, it well, is and, worth. Okay, so the thing is, go ahead. Go you first, Ben. Well, the thing is, is there is there was a lot of there were almost every movie had a video game back in, uh, mm-hmm. or had a, had a pinball game back. In, yeah. Um, and had, most there are a lot that still get yeah. made too. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing is, is pinball games aren't expected to have much to do with the movie. They just have. Well, you you have to understand that I'm not talking about a physical pinball game. I'm talking about a shitty video game that is a pinball game. Oh, like Sonic. If it was pinball. a pinball machine, that'd be fine. If it's good pinball, it's good pinball. I don't care what the branding is. Now, this is a <laughs> right? shitty game yeah. that is a pinball game. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you know, um, that generic space themed pinball game that comes with PCs. Remember that. See, that's a pretty good that was actually a solid video pinball game. game. Yeah, and it was free yeah. and bland. <laughs> this was a thing right. that they actually associate with a, a brand with. Just, I, I would also like to point out that um, 
when it comes to upright to to actual machines and cabinets, I don't think there's such a thing as bad pinball. I'm biased perhaps, but it like I guarantee you that that if that that you know if Neil ever wins the lottery, there will be a there will be a couple or two or three pinball machines in my dream house because pinball. I'm sure it's harder to screw up, but uh, you know I'm sure it exists. Right. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so the earliest uh, one I could find on my list of you know movie relate related is Star Trek Phaser Strike, 1979. Um, it's yeah. There's apparently a, a first-person shooter Star Trek game in the 90, late '90s that was really good. Like I remember PC Gamer giving it like a editor's choice 90 90-ish percent rating. Forgot what it's called. It's been so long that I could look it up. But it's kind of funny because it sounds like a similar concept, only they actually executed it well. Well, actually, it's um, it was basically this one was you had phaser banks at the bottom of the screen and you were shooting things. So. Oh wait, is this like a? You mean like one of those arcade games like uh, Lethal Enforcers or Area Fifty One or some shit like that? Um, or is this more like Missile Command? Uh, it's more like Missile Command. Um, wow. Um, huh. But I, when I was looking at uh, Star Trek games, the oldest Star Trek video game is 1971. It was a text. Oh, I found yeah. it. It's called Star Trek Elite Force. Star Trek Elite. Yeah, FPS Star Trek game. That was really that good. was a that was a Voyager spinoff. And was honestly kind of okay. Uh, when I was growing up, I played a couple solid Disney platformers. There was Aladdin and Lion King. I think Aladdin was probably my favorite. That one seemed the most solid. Yeah, those. I mean, those games were really good. Um, it would be. I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Disney game that did not have at least one video game ad- adaptation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Although some of them sucked and some of them were great and some of them were kind of in between. Right. So okay. Because I want to also, because um, there was a Star Trek game that had the Kobayashi Maru test. Um, was that the Super Nintendo game? So I'm trying to find. Um, no, because the Super Nintendo game I'm thinking of was the uh, was the uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, Super Nintendo game that had away missions, and you were stupid if you didn't bring data with you every single time. Right. Because. Um, at least in one of them, there was a thing involving having to turn air flow on in a mine, and um, Data didn't breathe, so he didn't slowly die in every in every uh, room. <laughs> so it's part of uh, Star Trek Starfleet Academy, um, it, and there you can uh, you can cheat. It's also in Star Trek Klingon Academy, <laughs> and it's in several, but uh, it also is uh, in evidently. Uh, in Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. Well, that just seems like a um, just actually obvious... the first mission is considered is considered the uh, the the uh, the characters uh, Kobayashi Maru. It's not actually. Well, it just seems like a good trope to put into a video game if you want like some kind of like beat your high score or challenge mode or some shit. You know, like literally a thing that just see how long you can survive. There's not really a way to win it. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting the things that make it into video games. But, so you know, kind of to get to the theme of the episode, what makes the what makes a good video game uh, tie-in? And what makes a shitty one? They're, they're both the theme of the episode. <laughs> well, 
Right, right. So yeah, and what, what I mean, well, we can tell usually what makes a shitty one is, hey, let's let's put the name of the movie on it and throw some random. That, that's a lot yeah. easier to answer that question. Yeah. That's fair, you know. The shitty um, ones yeah. <laughs> are are all going to be pretty universally some form or another of shovelware, with the exception yeah. of one with one notable exception that we will get to closer to the end of the episode. So if okay. I just had to say rapid fire, what makes a shitty game? Uh, I would say mm-hmm. lack of time. Um, too many constraints of what they can and can't do, lack mm-hmm. of budget, people that don't care about the material, aren't passionate about the material, um, yeah. choosing the wrong genre, or the developers not having any experience in the genre that makes sense to make the game based off of. Those yeah. are the things that come to mind. Those right. really. it, it's almost, it's yeah. almost always a lack of care. It doesn't have to be good, it just has to come out next two months right. because that way... It, that way, that way, grandma will buy it, will buy it for their for, for for her grandchild because. So here, I got you the Thor video game. The old lady voice did not carry over well. I could, it sounded like you were yeah talking from across the room, like into a can or yeah, something. Okay, well, uh, I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll try it again. Oh, so you like video games and you like Thor, so here's that Thor video game. Right. By the yeah, way, the Thor exactly. video movie tie-in video game sucked. <laughs> Not a surprise. Um, <laughs> Thor was among the weaker movies, even though it was good. It was not, you know, um, it was very cerebral by comparison to some of the other movies. Yeah. Which, which, to me, it was its strength, really, but still. Um, Thor 2 is the worst. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and Thor three was the best when it comes to the Thor. I, I, I didn't. I, there was at least the part that I liked. I liked at least one thing about Thor two, to briefly derail the conversation, and that was the humor with Mjolnir trying really hard to get to Thor um, during the fight. Essentially, because he kept walking through portals and Mjolnir being like, "Ah, for fuck's sake, now he's here." <laughs> yeah, there's some good uh, some good right. sight gags there. Right. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, it, so, and a lot of times, you know, the elements that, that are game facing, you know, that are player facing, um, you know, has nothing to do with the plot. It's just random things thrown together, um, you know, that don't have anything to really do with it. They have the thinnest of plot lines is, Hey, you have to get to these sewers to get to this place for no apparent reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and not enough content. I mean, a lot of times it's just, Hey, you know, here's four hours worth of gameplay. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, a lot of the games are just super short and also like too easy. Yeah, that's a common theme. Is yeah. like you beat the game in a handful of hours and it's super easy. Yeah, right. You just spent sixty bucks on this shit. But, you know, <laughs> and it makes sense because oftentimes what they're trying to do is they're trying to cast as wide a net as possible of people that don't necessarily play video games normally. It's like, oh, this person likes the movie or likes the IP. Or... So we'll just right. kind of so throw this Fisher-Price, my first video game at them and call it a day. And... Whereas a good movie tie-in game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to have thought and design mm-hmm. and would probably be a pretty good game without, like, without needing, uh, without, you know, the benefit of the IP. Um, right, like the Batman game that I mentioned, take out Batman and make him, uh, I don't know, Deflator Mouse. Yeah, really good Jumping Man th- number three, and it's still a good game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, make him right. Deflator Mouse. Although that would be a very different game. Yeah. It's totally also, the nice. tip <laughs> game for right. Super Nintendo kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. 
well, how okay, do you mess so it up? Like, it was a beat. You, you make a beat em up, but it just wasn't a very good beat em up. Right. So uh, another thing, you know, is good get, is good controls. Yeah. Um, you know, because like with Goldeneye, you know, you could do what you needed to in that game. Uh, whereas uh, actually, the con- games, ha- having replay like re- replaying it, it's still a solidly good game. But controls is actually one place where it really kind of fails. Like trying to aim and not just let the the machine the 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 game aim for you is actually a real pain. Right. Eh. And never. But you didn't really need to because you could just you know shoot a thousand bullets and it would probably do work eventually. I never really had too much issue with it personally. Agree to disagree. I thought it was fairly intuitive. Although it was weird well, that you it, it you do what you needed to do. Um, you know, it, it didn't get in the way of, it didn't really get in the way of game. Um, well, it's, but... uh, it was one of those, it was one of those points where the control, it was kind of a transitional period where people were just getting used to like doing the whole analog mm-hmm. thing on a controller and like the N64 controller was weird and some people liked it mm-hmm. and some people didn't. Yeah. But I still maintain so, the game yeah. controller is weirder. um, which uh sorry it reminds me of uh one thing that that that's interesting and worth uh pointing out um these days when people play shooters on um oh hey actually this this is even relevant to the i was still searching things these days when people play shooters on a on a console you're used to having two analog sticks one for movement one for aiming and then typically a trigger button that was not the norm until a little game on the PlayStation called Alien Resurrection, which was the first game to do that, to, to have that particular control scheme. Um, so, interestingly enough, even though that game kind of sucked and everyone said, man, this really kind of sucked, like, I don't like this control scheme at the time, um, it was something that um, <laughs> that has, at this point, become the default way you play shooter games on console anymore. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was also a movie tie-in game, so it's even relevant to the topic at hand. How <laughs> do I don't do that. What What's wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, what else, I mean, what else contributes to it? I mean, having having the right genre, you know, for it. Yeah, so I mean, I think overall, it's just game. what makes a good game is what makes a good movie game. Yeah. Like it's still just yeah. making a good game. Um, yeah, that that's right. the real trick. I mean, it sounds like a cop out answer, but it's true. I mean, you know, that's yeah. the main thing. But tight yeah, controls and and you know, solid gameplay. Not having um, a bizarre story. genre is good. Yeah. Um the, because the, sometimes things just don't work. The the real thing the the real thing that differentiates a good movie tie in game with a bad movie time tie in game is most often more than anything else, the amount of time spent making it. Right. Yeah. So for the ET game, as an example, because it's like the. I was holding of the- off on ET. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. Well. Okay. Right. That was the game I had, I had teased earlier. I was like, yeah, we're gonna. I, I figured we would finish with ET, but okay. Mm-hmm. You brought it well, up. Um, Go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so ET was done in five and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and the reason it took the thing is the reason it they had that little time was because the negotiation on the game uh, on the game rights took too long, and you had to make the Christmas 1982 release. 
right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this E.T. is the reason that vi- that vi- uh, movie tie-in video games, uh, honestly, is it's the reason that they have um, bad press, like automatic bad press. Right. Yeah. Um, it's because people remember E.T. for the Atari 2600 and the fact that it caused... Well, obviously it didn't actually cause, but it, it definitely... Contributed massively to the video game industry crash of 1983. Yep. Right. Well, and see, part of that, part of that too. Atari was a big. When you get into that, Atari was a big culprit in that. Not so much the game, because they changed the they changed the contracts, uh, their relationships with the distributors. They canceled a lot of contracts, and then basically said, "Hey, exclusive deals, you know, with with these with its select distributors." And a lot of a lot of places just said, "Okay, fuck it," you know. Um, and that that caused a lot of cancellations on those orders. I mean, you get to the history behind the ET game, and it just it gets worse and worse as you go along. So yeah, it 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 was it it's a bad game too. Um, I've watched a couple speedruns of it because speedrunners are masochists by nature. Um, <laughs> and so what's more masochistic than not only playing a game to the point where you can play it blindfolded? But playing a bad game to the point where you can play it blindfolded. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and by the way, it is not a myth. There really was a landfill full of ET games, as well as like other games like Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and things. It was buried in uh, Alamogordo. Alamogordo, New Mexico, and um, excavated games from the burial site. Are uh, now collectors' items, so there's uh, there's some humor in that particular. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole documentary about that. Yes. Uh, in case anyone is interested, it was called Atari Game Over. <laughs> um. But yeah, E.T. was just an atrociously like it, and it was also just a bad game. That was the other problem. Like it just. I mean, all Atari games require a certain amount of imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but ET really kind of stretches it a little, stretches your require your required uh, brain a bit. Right. Also, very few people like games where the score counts down. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was just a, like a bunch of squiggles, and you were collecting pieces. To, yeah, to try and phone, phone home. home. To phone home, and mm-hmm. yeah. just, there's a lot of randomness to, to it. It just like you just fell into holes over and over and over and over again, and hope that you found the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you had to collect Reese's pieces. Um, was that a was that a tie-in? Oh yeah, uh, like, well, that was, well, yeah. ET featured Reese's pieces uh, the movie a bit. But I guess it kind of already was. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, see, ET, yeah, because in the movie, that's how he lures ET into the house with Reese's Pieces, and it made it made Reese's Pieces, a, you know, a, <laughs> the juggernaut candy that it's become. I mean, I like to feel like the perfect blend of peanut butter and chocolate made it the juggernaut. That the Reese's Pieces don't really have chocolate; they're just peanut butter. Yeah, they're just peanut butter. Um, well, yeah, but, peanut butter and shell, not really. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that you know it could be, it could be the best thing ever, but without a good market, without good marketing, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna know. But ET eat Reese's also... pieces, therefore we should eat Reese's pieces. Right? If you want to be like an yeah. alien that's hunted, don't you? Right. 
Well, you know, E.T. was involved. <laughs> the, then and he uh, dies? And comes back to life. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. For a minute, yeah. Not for long. But, uh... <laughs> so that's a very bizarre thing to want people to emulate is all. I am still of the opinion right. that E.T. is actually a terrifying movie. <laughs> it really is. Well, E.T. himself is kind of terrifying to look at to begin with. <laughs> you know, the only thing that makes him, you know, but anyways, we, we digress. <laughs> so, but... Here, let me lighten yeah, you think... by mentioning Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You want to talk oh. about, yeah, Gameception. Because <laughs> we, we talk about, game we talk about of games a movie of a video game. But yeah. then there's games that are shitty based on movies that are also shitty. So that's like a that whole based on games that are pretty good. Yeah. Right. The fact that this yeah, was Street like Fighter, the movie, the game, is, is just glorious. <laughs> And and what's yeah. even better in my opinion is that really it, it it's a Mortal Kombat clone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not even a Street Fighter game. It's it's more accurately a Mortal Kombat clone uh, because it uses this it uses similar uh, appeal. You know, it's got the it's got the digitized actors. Um, it's got blood. It's got more simplistic super moves. It has fewer combos, which is the thing that kind of differentiates. Um, at least at that time, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Street Fighter was, you know, combo-based, fast-paced, whereas uh, whereas Mortal Kombat was a little bit more... Um, Just clunkier. Well, I wasn't going to say clunkier. It was more methodical. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. It wasn't until Mortal Kombat 3 that the pace of the game started to yeah. pick up. The first couple Mortal Kombats were pretty slow compared to the Street Fighter games. Yeah. But so... yeah, I mean, it looks terrible, <clears throat> plays terrible. Um, it's just right. one of the most unnecessary things of all time <laughs> ever. Yeah. So I, my, my next question is um, because, you know, we have, we have a bunch of, you know, movies coming out, you know, this year and things like that. So if you could create the ultimate video game tie in, what movie and how would the game play? Hmm. That's a good question. Because <laughs> I just thinking about it, it's like, you know, we're talking about what makes a good one that makes a bad one. And well, thinking, there's one that comes to mind. They they kind of already <clears throat> they kind of already did it before the movie came out. But mm-hmm. um, there's the Deadpool game that came out about ten years ago, and that oh, was yeah, actually, that game's great. It was a really fun game. Um, I mean, uh, uh, most of it, of course, is like the humor and the voice acting and the presentation. Like the gameplay itself is mm-hmm. solid, but not like fantastic. It's just like a solid third person right. action game. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's fun, but it's not anything groundbreaking and but, you can't buy it anymore what do you mean you can't buy the deadpool game anymore why is that out there um well i mean you could buy you could buy uh if you've got if you can buy the physical media you can buy it but you can't get it digitally anymore due to distribution issues ah the whole merger business um i believe actually there was some there was some uh there was some music licenses or something in it that expired. So similar to how you can't get the, the Scott Pilgrim beat 'em up anymore, uh, because licenses expired. Which well, is a I shame the because the Scott Pilgrim beat 'em up so is really right. freaking good. Got the physical copy on PS3. No takes. I I bought it on Steam before it you it became unpurchasable. And um, Steam, if you own the game, you can still download it because it's still because because they will hold it in the, in their servers for you. But yeah, I mentioned that because um, the Deadpool, Deadpool and Deadpool 2 um, would be great movies to make video games off of. 
mm-hmm. um, as far as like what the gameplay or genre would be like, um, probably similar to the Deadpool game that was released. You know, like a like an action like an action and or platformy kind of game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what what other genres he would really fit well in. Now he has made right. appearances in games like like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. He's a playable character, uh, mm-hmm. and Marvel uh, what was that called? Um, that that actiony MMO that no longer exists. Um, he was a playable oh. character in that, and was a lot of fun. Was, I think it was just Marvel Heroes, but yeah. And uh, he's made that. he's made appearances in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom games too. Yeah, that's right, and he has those great meta jokes. Like whenever he goes up against Magneto, he's like, "Magneto, welcome to die." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I uh, that was that was a that was a really that was a a solidly good bad game. Uh, the X Men arcade cabinet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much bad ADR. I am Magneto, master of magnet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, seriously, at some point, Google search um, X-Men arcade game Magneto voice lines. They are almost all just solid gold. You uh, know what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, it's, it's yeah, the English type here. things? Do yeah. I have? Uh, I was just going to say for my, my Deadpool suggestion, <clears throat> instead of another like third-person action-y kind of game, I think what would be cool is a um a I mean if you could toggle it to third person like like the Bethesda mm-hmm. games allow you to do but mainly first person like an open world um like an open world RPG kind of thing where you explore mm-hmm. like a city and do jobs and have a potential you know you have like a, a potential main storyline but you know, you just immediately discard it like one does when playing a Bethesda game. The chaotic <laughs> nature of him, I think, would really uh, would really lend itself okay. well to it because, <clears throat> like those games where you you know you earn mm-hmm. currency, your reputation, or whatever, and that allows you to do all these things. Like you could do all sorts of stuff with that because um, you could um, you know you could build and customize weapons. You could um, or if you could do even the whole like Deadpool and the Mercs for money thing, where you could like have an empire, you know. Um, that would actually <laughs> right. be another. That would be another really fun game. Is like a game that's kind of like XCOM, where you like manage your like base mm-hmm. and or business, or like one of those tycoon games or whatever. But it's Deadpool and the Mercs for money. And yeah, you could go out there mm-hmm. and actually do the fighting. But the main thing is like managing the whole like Deadpool mercenary empire. I think that'd be a really fun game. Honestly, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if, for Deadpool, it needs to be something that you wouldn't expect, like a Dance Dance Revolution clone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate the meta nature of it, but at the end of the day, it's it's a business, and you need to move those copies. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, yeah, you could, you know. So what I'm thinking of is um, um, is um, Fast and Furious because there's Fast and Furious video games, but you know, I would like to see it at more, less, you know, more. Hey, you know, doing the heists and things like that. Well, yeah, you, you know what you know what that is, Saints right? That, that's uh, that's Saints Row Three. It's what now? Saints Row Three. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's a video game that would probably make a good movie. Well, I mean, it's really just a, it's it's a Fast and Furious game. Yeah. Okay. In in like the only thing that it that the only way it's not a Fast and Furious game is that it's not called Fast and Furious. Right. It's like they had a competition but, uh, as those games came out and the movies came out of which one could be more over the top, you know? It was like a rivalry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Saints Row is also, yeah, 
yeah that would be that would be a really fun uh not a live action movie but like an animated movie or computer animated movie of saints row would be really fun yeah yeah that would be kind of fun um of course i'd like to see them make a fallout movie but you know that's that's me (laughs) i feel like Um, that would be better served as a series like a like a premium television series you know right yeah that would be i think that would be or like a like a netflix series or something like that but uh yeah when i say i mean any you know anything yeah any series format (laughs) right right yeah so neil what about you what's your ultimate uh you know for movies that are coming out what's what's the best video game um you know i'm not really sure Like it's that that was not a question that I was anticipate that I was anticipating having to at, to answer. Um, <laughs> well, just it can't it sprang to mind too. I was just like, you know, mm. what, what, what would what would be a good you know what would we like to see and what would make it a good video because we know what we like. <clears throat> That'd be a good question for our listeners. Yeah, describe in the comment section. Or in an email to us. There, you can email us on uh, on the on our website. Um, and I think right now the email just goes to my to one of my Gmail accounts. But um, uh, but you can uh, yeah describe to us your thing, and uh, if we like it, we might read it on the air next time. Bonus points if it is uh, if it's not a uh, comic book based IP because it's more difficult. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was that, that was part of my thing. I was thinking like I would I know a game that I think I would actually really enjoy seeing adapted uh, something mm-hmm. I really enjoy seeing adapted into a video game format. Um, and I think you could do a good job, although it would, it would be tricky. I would love to see someone make a really good watership down game. Um, you know, OK, really good. That's that's a that's a different thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So. I don't know how you would do it. I know it could be done. It would involve probably needing to 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 it, it would I mean it would involve probably needing to make more than one type of game. Yeah. But when the hell did I buy this game? Sorry, I I went I've been going through my Steam library a little bit here and apparently I own Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which I know we've talked up hugely, but I don't remember ever buying. Similarly, I appear to own a copy of Hotline Miami, which I don't remember buying. Uh-huh. And a copy of Surgeon Simulator, which I don't remember buying. Surgeon Simulator. Oh, my goodness. And a, cop- and a game called No More Room in Hell, which I've never even heard of. It's a first-person <laughs> shooter. Okay, well, apparently I own it. <laughs> like a zombie-based one, kind of, you know, Left 4 Dead-esque. So, right. So and nor- a normal lost phone, which I don't remember buying. So interesting thing. Watership Down does not have a video game, mm-hmm. per se, but it has an RPG released in 1970. Really? A pen and paper RPG. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> Bunnies and Burrows. Uh, and then um, it's a second edition in 1982 and modified uh, in... Uh, by Steve Jackson Games as an official GURP supplement. Very cool. You could probably also pretty easily adapt um, uh, Pugmire um, into a Watership Down type game. And if you're not familiar with Pugmire, you should really check out Pugmire. Pugmire? Yes, Pugmire. Where you play as adorable dogs and cats. Yes, and uh, you are um, part, part of what... 
P-U-G-M-I-R-E. Um, Two words? One word. Okay. Um, you are uh, what? What of the what? Uh, one of the core tenants is uh, it, 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 I mean, you're playing as a dog as as dogs and or cats. Um, and uh, one of Pugmire. yes, the central tenant of the code of man is be a good dog. <laughs> Sorry, monarchies of Mao is the uh, is the cat is the cat one. <laughs> be a good dog, protect your home, be loyal to those who are true. Those are the words of the code of. Yep. Because humans have vanished. Hmm. That actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah, like, and and it's it's really solidly good uh, gameplay too. Yeah, <laughs> so that's interesting. I have to check that out. Probably, honestly, adapt Pugmire to rabbits and do a, and do Watership Down that way. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, man. It's uh, it's, it's Realms of Pugmire. It's got its own web uh, website. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so. We got about 20 minutes. A um, few other good games that are worth mentioning. Um, that I don't think we got to the Super Star Wars games were some really solidly good um, action platformers on Super Nintendo that followed. There were three games, and they followed the uh, the plot pretty well, except you ended up fighting Darth Vader a lot. Uh, although frequently Darth Vader ended up being someone masquerading as Darth Vader, if I, as I recall as well. Kind of like a la, you fight Bowser at the end of every castle in in the original Mario Brothers. Right. Huh. Of course. Okay. So we're talking about movie tie-ins, or are you talking about the movie tie-in versions, or? Mm. Well, the Super Star Wars, Super uh, Super Empire Strikes Back, and uh, and uh, and uh, the, the Super Return and Super Star Wars Return of the Jedi were three were games that were. Literally based off of the uh, the, the movies, um, right. they followed the plot pretty much to a T. Except you ended up getting Darth my... Vader a couple times more often than usual. Um, yeah, I remember the the final duel with uh, Vader at the end of Empire was pretty epic. Mm-hmm. It's rare and... to you know have it live up to the actual epic scene like that. It actually felt like it. Mm-hmm. There are also some vehicle segments, doing either a land speeder or piloting an X-wing. And uh, you could play as uh, Luke or Han or Leia, if I recall correctly. In each, sure. yeah, and and everyone oh. played a little bit differently too. Yeah, they all had a, like, right? a special ability or like advantage to playing right. them. Mm-hmm. So speaking of um, speaking of uh, X-wings, uh, belated signal boost saw a danger zone X-wing version. Oh, yeah, it was like a was like a montage of X-wing footage from the movie set to the tune of Danger Zone from Top Gun. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah, nice. I, it is. It is awesome. Yeah, because um, the thing is, is that when you when you do it to the right music, yeah, it looks pretty, pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> See, for mean, some reason, when you said Danger Zone, I I immediately went to the X-Men training uh, training simulator, the Danger <laughs> Danger Room. room. Yes, yeah, um, right. She's also a comic shop in Columbia, Missouri, or at least it was for a while. Danger Room <laughs> Comics, and that, that's a name that that honestly is a little obvious, but it's still good. <laughs> right. Well, thing is that there are multiple ver- multiple videos set to it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty weird. Well, some other games I wanted to touch on while we're wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Warriors. By Rockstar Games. I'm not in play. Uh, that was pretty solid. Um, it's like a. It was actually. Um, 
it's a good co-op game. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhat open world, but there's like a lot of story going on, decent voice acting, pretty good graphics for the time, pretty solid, pretty fun. Um, and there's like a little brawl mode where you just go in and just do kind of like a, a melee with different gangs and stuff, like a free-for-all thing. It's just a <clears throat> interesting little game, and I didn't um, I didn't really know anything about the movie until the game was getting press. So I'm kind of grateful for that because then I actually watched the movie. The movie's you know classic. Yeah, I remember like I went and, I finally went and saw uh, the Warriors at Alamo back when movie theaters were still a thing. Um, <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> and uh, it was it and. It's a, like it's a really good movie. It definitely deserves its classic state. Oh yeah. What I found interesting about it is it was based on like <clears throat> it was like based on Greek uh, history. You know, <laughs> it was such a weird mm-hmm. like thing. Like sort of. Uh, there like, there was based on yeah. a story from Greek history. Well, the movie was based off of a book. Uh, first of all, the book apparently uh, drew drew a fair bit of inspiration from Greek from Greek myth. Right. The book right. came out in 65. Yeah, and the movie came out when I was in 4th or 5th grade. Fifth or, I'm sorry, 5th or 6th grade. In 79. Yep. Can you dig it? Oh, uh, uh, another thing I have to mention. Um, <laughs> here we go. Let me take a big breath here. <clears throat> Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was a launch game for Xbox 360. And it was one of those weird games where, like, it was on the quote-unquote current gen and also on the quote-unquote next gen at the same time, uh, where they had, like, the various ports. I played on the 360. It looked really good for the time. Uh, notoriously, it's one of the most easiest achievements ever. Just play through the game once, and it's a relatively short game. Yeah, you get all the achievements. That's a thousand gamer score right there. It wasn't it one of those <laughs> games where, like, one of the achievements was start the game? Yeah, basically, it was like, hey, you started up the first Reach level. level one. for you. <laughs> you pressed <laughs> yeah. the button real good, kid. Yeah. Right. Uh, Take one step to solid. the right. <laughs> and it, it very That's much, the you time know, warp. all the story. It's <laughs> a jump to the left. Now, Space Jam is a terrible, terrible game. Uh, a really a shitty movie. basketball game. <laughs> yeah, the movie is terrible, too. It just it was exciting as a kid, because it was Space, like, oh, hey, Space Jam is, Michael Jordan. is a movie that... I, that I feel falls into so, into so bad it's good territory. It I have is, to rewatch it to really. It is decide. enjoyably. It is it is an enjoyably bad movie in my opinion. Oh, also right. a little a little subgenre here of uh, games based on movies. Um, the subgenre of completely missing the point. So I would like to submit these for completely missing the point. Uh, the Hunt for Red October. There's no nuance, no political stuff, none of that. It's just, hey, you're in a sub and you're blowing up other subs. Hey. <laughs> and then Fight Club. Uh, all sorts of social commentary, nuanced stuff, and hey, it's a shitty game where you it's fight. Crappy like virtual fighter, fighter clone, games. yeah. <laughs> but hey, characters from the movie. Mm-hmm. Like and That's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic license to print money. Yeah, it's just, oh my God. I, I couldn't... I could barely believe that it was a thing, that it was, you know, like when I heard about it, I'm like, really, this is really going to happen. This is going to happen. You have to remember that also, very importantly, the street, the, uh, the uh, Fight Club video game features an unlockable character. If you beat the story mode, Fred Durst. Oh, God. 
<laughs> what a lead wow. singer for Limp Biscuit for those of you who don't know who Fred <laughs> Durst is. Um, I'm so jealous of you people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel I like that's a reward. Yeah. I feel that we should definitely go go off on uh Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Before before we get too much further, I just remembered another literary adaptation game. And this one's actually pretty pretty well uh pretty well uh, appreciated by the adventure game crowd, and that is I have no mouth and I must scream. Um which is one of the very rare games where um the creator of the game uh, is also was also part of uh, uh, like the creator of of both media was the same person. Harlan Ellison uh, worked very hard on the video game as well, as I recall. Before he died. Yeah. So speaking of literary based video games, um, you've got to go to The Witcher. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Technically> <laughs> speaking, the Witcher games by CD Projekt Red are all set after the books. But the they IP are, is based on they are sequels. Yeah, yeah, but they but they are part of that story. I mean, mm-hmm. they're video games based off a off a book. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, uh, to another it. thing I wanted to mention briefly is um, the Matrix IP. Um, it had this. I mean, I guess for examples of tie-in, this is perfect because um, there's this game called Enter the Matrix, and like the 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 creators of the matrix were actually very involved with it because they're, they're doing a whole like uh, tie in thing. that was like bridging the events of the first movie and the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just kind of like, so, so, and of course a lot of people were disappointed that you didn't actually get to play as like Neo or Morpheus or like characters you actually care about that are prominent in the movies. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But then there was also a game that came out several years later called uh, The Matrix Path of Neo. Path of Neo. Where you do get to play as Neo, and it's friggin' awesome. And the game is really fun. It's actually a really good game. So I recommend that if you want to get your Matrix. That, that was actually what I was laughing about. Because um, at the end of Path of Neo, because um, it, it, it goes up to the end of, of The Matrix 3, and there's a really funny um, insert from the Wachowski siblings. Explaining how the movie ended and how that really doesn't make for a very satisfying video game ending. So here's a giant Agent Smith to fight instead. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So there are there are several unexpected games that were based on books. Uh, I don't know if any if either of you have played have played Enslaved Odyssey to the West. I'm sorry. Uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Um. Familiar with it, haven't played it. It was a game that I was that I was wanting to buy, which is based off of Journey of the West. Right, exactly. So that was based off of Journey of the West. Uh, evidently, Assassin's Creed is based on uh, a a uh, series of books or a novel uh, called Alamut. Nothing is absolute reality; all is permitted. Um, is the is the um, the heart of the it, of the it's a Slovenian novel published in 1938. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So there's that, um, and let's see. Um, I guess Spec Ops: The Line is based on Heart of Darkness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. must have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Metro 2033, based on a Russian novel. It's based off of the Metro uh, novels, as I recall. Exactly. Bioshock, oddly enough. Uh, it's actually those sort of takedown of Anne Rand. Yeah, it's it's... A, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's kind of like satire on him. 
Well, it's not not even a satire. It's just sort of a well. Here, here is um, here, here, here is Randian uh, philosophy sort of taken to its extreme. Mm-hmm. Right. Enjoy. So uh, yeah, I mean it's it's based on those concepts, not so much the the novels themselves. Yeah. So so ways to increase, you know, ways to expand your. So some other um, things I have in my notes here. Um, I don't think we. Talk about it pre-show, but I don't know if we actually mentioned Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay is actually a really good game. Yeah, it was. And then the, the later game, uh, uh, Riddick uh, Assault on Dark Athena. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I talked about shitty movie with a shitty game. Blues Brothers 2000 is a great example of that. Original Blues Brothers movie was great. Sequel sucked. And the game is it. just horrific. Well, here's, the, here, here, here's one way you know that the sequel to the Blues Brothers sucked. It had Jim Belushi in it. <laughs> and I, I don't mean any offense to Jim <laughs> Belushi, but he is a poor substitute for his brother. The only yeah, really the is. only manner in which they are similar is that they both look kind of like they both look kind of similar and have the same last name and are both comedians, but John was the the greater talent. I think another good subgenre here is uh games that have a premise that is perfect for a video game and still manage to fuck it up. So like mm. Transformers the game was actually really shitty when it's it's all about giant robots blowing the shit out of each other. Like how do you fuck that up? But they found a way. <laughs> and there have been some good Transformer games over the years, by the way. But this particular Transformers one Transformers War just... for Cybertron by Platinum Games was really good. There you go. But this particular one was just, you know, uh like a, a cash in after the first Transformers modern transformers movie was a big hit you know you get oh the M- michael bay transformers yeah yeah well i mean there's your problem right there the, the first one was actually good <laughs> to be fair sequels have been okay crap. in my opinion but whatever uh but yeah there's uh all sorts of weird stuff i found there's there's a wayne's world game it's like a weird ass platformer there's apparently really a bad weird ass platformer a little nicky game boy game uh god it hurts me that that exists there's a rocky super action boxing which is just you playing as rocky against clubber lang it's, it's just mr t it's just uh, rocky three but really mike game. tyson's yeah. punch out except with with a rocky coat of paint slapped over it probably not as good well that's the thing is it wasn't yeah. like you didn't have this whole colorful cast of characters like punch out it was just like one fight more or less it just i don't know seems dumb right well there's a there's a cobra video game anybody remembers that oh my god they they made a game out of that (laughs) it's a side-scrolling shooter yeah Yeah. um so yeah there's 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 a video game for almost everything oh yeah also obligatory mention of superman 64 one of the worst games in existence yeah like it it, it's just look it up you'll see how bad it it it, it, it's youtube i i remember a friend of mine buying it and and regretting that poor life decision. <laughs> and I remember he, he invited me and a couple other friends over. Be like, hey, I just got the new Superman game. You go, we should come over and and none of us could get could, could were any were anything resembling competent at the game. And this was you know late middle school, early high school. So the the height of my gaming prowess. <laughs> right. That's when you had all that. All those super fast reflexes for the shooters and all that. Yeah, like 
back when I could play Mega Man 2 and beat Quick Man's level without using flat without using uh, Time Stopper. Now it's wasting fools and Half Life and Unreal Tournament and all that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> huh. Um. Well, we it ha- it's happened once again. You've uh, you've whiled away another perfectly good hour and a half listening to us talk about random crap. Um. <laughs> And we're going to do it again in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> please stay healthy out there. Um, keep washing your hands. Keep staying away from people. Wear a mask when you go out in public, just in case you might be sick and not know it. Be excellent to each other, but hold off on the partying for another month or two. <laughs> right. Party at home. Yeah. We will have to, one of these days, um, you know, see that new Bill and Ted movie. See what everyone thinks. Oh, when yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it. <laughs> so there, yeah, we'd have to do a double feature: Bill and Ted, and John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do a triple feature and also do the new uh, Matrix movie when it comes out. I still true. don't know well, how John they're going to make can... a fourth Matrix movie when Neo died at the end of three. I'm just not thinking it, about it. it. <laughs> right? Choosing not to yeah. think about it. Like he was dead. He pulled the Jesus allegory entirely. I guess. I guess <laughs> yeah. now he's gonna. They're gonna have to bring him back to life again. Well, there's th- there's talk about it being a prequel. You know, the one of the first, one of the previous incarnations of them. So. Uh, that would well, be, whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens. The allegory then, because when Jesus comes back the second time, that's it, folks. Game over. <laughs> GG. <laughs> there's no, right. there's no more story after yeah. that. That's one. That's the last page. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Mm, there is a point there, so maybe they won't make Matrix Five then. Um, <laughs> well, if they do, we'll talk about it um, on Geek Fanthology. All right. This has been Neil, the one true Ben, and Mike. And we will talk to you again next time. And now the awkwardness of trying to get Craig to leave the building. Get the hell out. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter Pi and the number 3.14159265358979328463264343. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, liking us on wherever you happen to be liking us, subscribing or following if that's the thing you can do, leaving a comment, etc. Anything that really helps to build the algorithm. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please please consider supporting us, either with a one-time donation on our website through PayPal, or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. You know what? No, I don't have any final thoughts today. Sorry. <laughs>